Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, episode 56, April 22nd, 2023. Happy Earth Day. So glad you could make it. just a few hours, I will have to commence the mayor role as uh, the second annual Webstock, a uh, collaboration between Gardner-Webb and the town of Boiling Springs for a street festival. Last year's inaugural event after really what was supposed to be a year or two before that. Um, but last year we kicked it off and it was earlier in April and it was sleeting some that day. And so it was super cold, even though one of my favorite bands, Acoustic Syndicate, got to play. Um, it was miserable for the musicians and the fans, especially later into the night. We, we moved it to end of April this year and the weather forecast has been ominous all week long with a strong line coming through. Um, had to make the decision to push the start time from 1 p.m. for the bands to 3 p.m. Um, really, that's when the whole thing was set up. Uh, so there's, you know, but I think it was the right decision, and all this rain should be gone by then, and a nice, cool, sunny afternoon. And uh, Chatham County Line is the headliner, but there's uh, other bands playing as well, and the beer garden will be up and running. Actually, this year, they're going to pour the beer in the cups, and so people can can wander out onto the street. Uh, to be in front of the stage last year, we kept it pretty isolated because uh, beer's a brand new thing for our town. Um, should be a good day. A lot of vendors selling their wares and fun for the kids and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's a thing that you know, mayor mode. It'll take it out on me. I enjoy it. This week has been pretty wild, man. We are putting in. They they are putting in a new HVAC system in our school. So it's about a two-year project. We're on phase two of I don't know how many. Phase two brings it right up beside my classroom, like literally, as the kids say. And so that the classroom beside me is being worked on. And all the banging and the beeping and the, the the screeching and the welding and the banging and the constant sawing and banging and oh my god it's been like that all week long since we've been back and the thing is is like this is crunch time there's two weeks now one week until ap exams begin and so i'm already elevated in that way trying to make sure that my kids remain focused to be ready for the AP exam, but like constant noises and stuff like that for me are already, whew, I don't know what word. I didn't realize just how wound up tight I was by that situation until yesterday when they weren't banging. Um, I guess they finished most of the heavy stuff and so there wasn't the beeping and banging and it was relatively quiet. It was also senior skip day. So the, there weren't many kids there and the quiet was like, Wow, I mean, I didn't realize how much that had that had done to me. But but we are 
ramping up. Uh, a week from Monday is AP Government, and a week from Tuesday is AP Psych. And I think my kids are ready. I, I know that most of my kids are ready in AP Psych, and we're right there to to a possibility where we could go. We could we could have some really good scores in both, but you know. It's that time of, of year two where I, I try to talk my kids down off the ledge, so to speak, because they do get wrapped up in a score. And right now, all the things that they're being told are that these decisions that you make when you're 16, 17, 18 are going to define the rest of your life. And I mean, it sets you on a path temporarily, as all decisions do. But that's nonsense, you know. You can always begin again. And, you know, they know the stuff. My AP government kids know more about AP government and politics than I would say two-thirds, maybe three-fourths of the people in this country. I know that's a pretty bold statement, but they've worked hard and they're intelligent and they're passionate and they listen to each other. And so, and besides all that, you know, they're, they're good humans. So, you know, the pressure's fine. I love taking tests. I love taking tests. I like, you know, when, when those papers rough, rust, rustle, that's the word, you know, right at the beginning and everybody's opening up to page one after they say you may begin and you hear the pencil scribbling and everybody kind of settling in. And then there's that, that collective, all right, let's go. And those nerves, I, I enjoy that. I like to perform in that way. Um, but that performance pressure has has been over over exaggerated. Is that re, is that a dumb word? Just exaggerated is fine, you know. Don't you think? To the point where they, uh, yeah, like I said, they think that everything hinges here, and it just does. I'm so proud of them, you know. So, like this first part of episode fifty six is I'm just going to tell you some stuff that I did and, and I've thought about just like every week. And then the second half will be some more stuff that I've done and thought about. Um, Sydney and I, we did a thing last Saturday. Sam had a, a concert. We're going up tomorrow. I'm going up to see his, his voicemail. That's his group. They're, they're doing their own concert in the Appalachian theater on King street. And so we're going up tomorrow. I'm thinking about going up and maybe find getting kind of lost on the, the, the parkway a little bit doing my thing. Uh, maybe grabbing some McAdoo's, yeah. Um, Sarah and my mom, I think, are going to come up later so that they can stay later, and I'll come home after it's done. Um, but Sydney and I drove up. It was like three fifty-five, and and I got this decision. I got this idea, like, well, you know what? Sam had a concert last week. I think it was called Acapocalypse, but it might be Acapella Geddon. I can't remember which one is which, but I think this one was Acapocalypse. And it was all the different groups at, at App State that were singing. And Sam was singing his solo, me and Mrs. Jones. And so at like 3.55, I sent Sydney a text saying, yeah, I'm thinking about maybe just driving up to Boone. And, and she said, well, okay, if you do, I'll go with you. And she was over at Gardner Webb. And this is not something that we typically do. We're not really overly spontaneous. And uh, But she said, okay. And so she came home, got dressed. We had... Uh, Sarah made us some peanut butter and jellies to take along the way. Mine folded in half, of course, because I'm a man child. Um, 
and we took off and, and the thing started at six and it takes just under two hours to get up there. So we didn't speed too much, but we did race, you know, Google maps up the mountain and got there. Sydney bought our tickets along the way online. And, uh, we just had a great time listening to really good music. And then we got to the place right as soon as lights dropped and watched the other people sing and they were okay. There were some decent, um, Decent performances, but then it was our turn. That was our guys' voicemail, and they they rocked the house, as they say. And then Sam sang his solo, me and Mrs. Jones, you know, got a thing going on. And he was smirking and smiling up on the stage, just like had the whole place in his hands, and that was awesome to see. Um, and then afterwards, Sydney and I just headed back down the mountain. Of course, we stopped at Kilwins on the way back, and then uh, looked at the sunset over the mountains there at that lookout. Uh, just out of Blowing Rock and um, sang Ava Brothers and Jason Isbell and Grateful Dead and whatever it was, you know, it was a beautiful time. I read this week that Africa is splitting like the continent. And like there's this giant fissure in the middle of the continent, I guess. I'm not exactly sure where, but that it's doing that at like a millimeter or a tenth of a millimeter every year. So, I mean, it's going to be 10 million more years or something like that, but that Africa will then be two uh, continents. That's pretty wild. I was going to go to Chick-fil-A because uh, they had this new cool wrap. I believe it's called a cool wrap and it's got the healthy stuff, right? Like it's the healthy wrap and it's the salad type things on it with the grilled chicken and such as that. And so I went there and I said, all right, cause it's on their website. And I said, I'm going to get that. And she said, Nope, we don't have that until the summer. And I said, well, do you have its equivalent? And she just looked at me. I've been checking out best books to read lists, you know, because I've I've just been so enamored with Anne Napolitano. I um, am reading her book uh, now called Within Arms Reach, about you know, a little over halfway done with it. And it's, you know, it's her first writing. And so it is a little less smooth, I guess, than the the more recent works, but still really good, still like captures the essence of humanity in the little gritty details of different characters and different aspects. It's just, it's just really phenomenal stuff. And I've, I looked up this bookstore got books because if you try to buy within arm's reach on Amazon, I guess because of the hype of being on Oprah's book club for her hello beautiful, but like the only one that you can find on Amazon is listed for like 800 bucks. So anyway, Sarah worked it out and, and we, they didn't, they weren't able to get it at Got Books, but um, I got it through the library. The library did interlibrary loan and now I'm like, if I could sell it for 800 bucks, I might just pay the late fine, you know, I don't know. But I've been looking up other books as well and just trying to decide what to read. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not like a beach book reader type person. I'm not just looking for cheap romantic type feel good type stuff. I don't know, you know, like I want something that plumbs the depths of what it means to be human and talks about love and life and, you know, laughter, of course, live, laugh. No, but I, I did get this one book by what, let me look at it and Russell make some noise here. Richard Powers called the overstory. 
Um, and so that one's on deck. Um, looking forward to that. But if you have any recommendations for books that, that kind of fit that category that I'm talking about, I would definitely be glad to check them out. I have to, I did my mayor message and just talking about, you know, how everybody, how I really appreciate the dissenting voices, you know, like I, I like, I do look forward to calls that people that disagree with what we have decided and give different perspectives. And sometimes we can adjust and help them out and sometimes not. And I like it when people are respectful, even if they're passionate. And I try to call out those better angels. Um, good news is that, uh, and, and the next thing is that Jesus Christ Superstar is touring. And they're going to be in Charlotte in October. And so I checked out App State football schedule just to make sure they didn't have a home game that day. Because Sam and I were supposed to go. We had tickets to go. And then, of course, COVID happened. And, and all that stuff got canceled there for a little while. But uh, it's one we haven't seen together. I've seen it. And Sarah and I have seen it. And... It's one of my favorite, uh, uh, my, my guy N.T. Wright says it's Andrew Lloyd Webber's best um, production, you know, best best writing. I really love it. I talked about it some last week. And so looking forward to doing that in, in October. A few more before halftime. I, I, I did a paint and sip at Hannah's Coffee Shop. And the manager there, Sarah, she... Um, she was an arts major, I think, at Gardner-Webb, and so she led this paint and sip, and we we did the background. It's on, I don't know what, 10 by, I don't know, I'm looking at it right now. It's like the size of a piece of paper. And it's, uh, we did the background, and I made my little table brown after I mixed the colors a bunch of times. Finally got some brown with just red, blue, and yellow, you know, just what you learned from the very beginning the primary colors, you can make all the other colors with it. And I had a little bit of white too. And so I made the brown, then I made the background kind of purple type looking. Purple and blue has always been the same to me for the most part. Um, and I did some shadows to make it look like the back part of the table is farther away, you know, and that kind of stuff. And then we let it dry and we got to go get our uh, our coffee drink and it was 6.30, but I went for it. And normally I'm just a black coffee kind of guy. Like that's just me. I just want my coffee black. I like it. Like it strong and chocolatey or caramelly or whatever, roasted notes. I don't know. Um, but since I was doing this thing and I had paid the fee to be a part of the whole thing, I was going to get me a, a bougie drink, and so I did get like a caramel. I told them kind of what I liked, and they said, "Oh, how about a salted caramel frappe latte?" You know, whatever. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I want." Then I had to choose between all the different options of milk. I went straight milk. Um, because I mean, we were getting crazy on a on a Thursday night. It was four twenty, you know. So then we came back and I sipped my thing and I, I didn't like. There was ten of us there. There was one other guy. Um, he was with his wife, I guess, and um, everybody else was just I don't know. Like they were just kept saying things like mine doesn't look good, you know, things like that. And I'm just having a ball. And then we painted this watering can, and we just made shapes. And then my spout. He's a little suspect, but like I put some highlights on there and, and she showed us how to do some shadowing and, and things like that. And really, I would just keep messing up. But because acrylic is forgiving, as we all should be, we should all be acrylic. Then I would just go back and like 
paint back over stuff with the other color that was the background. And it actually made some pretty cool effects where I wasn't even really trying to. And then we did the stems part, like, and mine were way too big, man. It looked like giant cactuses sticking out of that thing. Some of those I just stuck with. And then I made some, I don't know, she said it was baby's breath. I don't really know what it looked like, but you just got to do the pointillism. You got to do the dot, 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 dot with your brush. And I mean, I was the only person at my table. So I was using the ghost person's um, supplies too. Like, I mean, just like I would cook. When I cook, I use every pot and every pan and every bowl and all the measuring spoons. And I just got everything out there. And that's what was going on with me painting too. Um, and then I went with the red flowers, which whatever technique she was saying to use, I, it wasn't working for me. So I just kind of did some swooshes. And at this point, like I stopped following along and I began to just do the things that worked and kind of let my hand flow. And it was cool, man. I, I did really, really enjoy it. Put some little yellow dots in the middle of those flowers, you know, then I made my name in, in green so that you can't see it too much down at the bottom sign my painting and things like this and i've been pretty proud of it i mean i've been actually honestly actually literally staring at this thing for the entire two or three minutes that i've been talking about it and it makes me glad i mean you know it looks like maybe something somebody did in sixth grade or something like that but that's cool i respect sixth grade and this fight was a great teacher so I'm looking forward to doing that again. And then I went back the next day because as I was leaving, I saw that they had new scone flavors there. They had orange and cranberry. And I have to say that when I flew to New York this past time, you guys know that I'm bougie and I did the first class. <clears throat> I typically like those other types of cookies that they have that, that the regular people get back at the back of the plane. But this time I didn't want to be that guy to say, hey, can you go back to the back of the plane and give me some of those cookies? I took what they had and what they had was these orange cranberries. The cranberries were from Michigan as best I can remember cookies. And, and I, those were so good. And so when I saw they had orange and cranberry scones at Hannah's, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get that tomorrow. So I did, I went back Friday and I was going to get those because I'm a blueberry scone guy. Like that's what they have. And that's what they have. And I know that that's good. I know that that's good. Like it's the best. And so I'm that kind of person that like, when I find what's good, why would I get something else? Because what if I'm disappointed in that? I know that the blueberry scones are good, but I went for it. I went for the orange and cranberry and I had a plan. I was going to get a blueberry as a backup just in case I didn't like the orange and cranberry. But as I was standing there, I was like, you know what? I've never done a paint and sip kind of thing. We took off spontaneously to Boone. I'm trying new things because being in a pattern, being in routine, you know, doing those kinds of things is safe and it, it's helpful in a whole bunch of ways. And I'm not denigrating it. I like my routine. I do. But also it does kind of insulate and I want to be able to try some new stuff. And so here I am going out, just going wild and getting an orange and cranberry scone. And I said, I'm not even going to get a blueberry backup. And that's what happened. And then as I was passing by after I'd already paid, I saw that they had another new flavor called cinnamon and brown sugar. And I'm like, oh, so I did get that one, but was it as a backup or was it? I don't think it was for a backup. I didn't get a blueberry, one, but man, it was good. They got cheddar and jalapeno too. And I haven't had jalapenos in a long time because I, I guess I've been avoiding spicy foods, but maybe I, I might have to dab. 
we'll see. Man, just going wild out here, DT Madness. Well, for a quick halftime, I just want to tell you two quick things, and that is that yesterday, like I said, it was senior skip day, and so there were only four people in my AP government class, and I've been having these conversations with several people about what do I think about the state of politics, what do I think about the state of our society, and all these kinds of things, and like, you know, national media, it's just a, it's just a TV show. And the algorithms that are programmed to get you to be fired up about whatever. And I'm not saying that there aren't true things to be active about. I'm just saying there is a lot of manufactured outrage out there that seems to fade away fairly quickly until the next thing comes along. And that's on all the different sides. And so, yeah, there's a lot of reason, I guess, to not be very hopeful about our politics, about our society. But I do want to tell you that the four kids that I had yesterday, I was like, "Ah, y'all do what do y'all want to do? And they found that I had printed out world maps for a different class and they got some blank ones and they went two on two. And they said, all right, let's see who can name the most. And they had, they, they really were competing with each other. I'm just sitting back over there. And they went for about 10 minutes trying to get all the different countries and they got a bunch of them. And then they wadded up those pieces of paper and used a cardboard box and played trash get ball. But what they did was they talked about the different documents and and court cases that we have to learn for AP government. And they were elbowing each other. And Sydney was running around diving on the floor. And because she was the girl that was there. And the other three guys were there. And I mean, they just laughed and had a wonderful, like, releasing time. And you know what? I'm hopeful about our society. Because I don't think it's just them. It's not just those four kids, really, the nine kids that I have in AP government this year. Like, the younger generation knows what's up. They do. They knows what they know what's up. And so uh yeah, I feel good about that. And 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 just this, you know, speaking of Instagram reels or whatever, oh my gosh, there's this one that has this picture of a guy named How We Do It. And then it plays that Montel Jordan, This is how we do it. And I can never hear that song again without thinking of that guy. So I hope you can find that and it makes you happy um today. I want to wrap up uh, episode 56 before I have to get into mayor mode and go to web stock stuff. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit about my meditation practice. I mentioned that I had begun to do it. I, I've, I've been faithful and have done my 20 minutes every single day. I go down to the river just right after school and I walk the 15 minutes to get to the rock. It's been fairly warm. Um, and so when I get to the rock, I take off my my outer shirt, I got my tank top on because I'm a tank top guy. And uh, put my hat on to, to block the sun for the most part. And get into my cross-legged position. Um, when the water's low, I can step up onto the bigger rock so that it's like a rock island. And, and I don't have to worry about snakes at all, like crawling out. Um, and so that's good because that, that blocks out that possible distraction. And um, then I have this app, Insight Timer, and I, I play the bell. I have the bell set for 10 minutes um, in so that I, it kind of calls me back in case, I'm, in case I'm drifting or whatever. Like, or whatever. Honestly, like at the end of the day, some of the times when I get into breathing and, and I'm into a rhythm of breathing, I will almost fall asleep because I am <laughs> because I'm exhausted, I guess, from, from the day. But 
I try to just do the relaxing type things at the beginning and then get into my breath. There's so many different possible anchors down at the river because sound can be one and the rushing of the river is definitely something that can easily call you back. It's fun to try to listen to, uh, yeah, I said fun, to listen to the birds like in the background over the roaring of the rapids where I sit. Um, but but generally the breath, like I'm breathing in and breathing out, just kind of concentrating or focusing on that breath is my anchor because, you know, I sit there for 20 minutes and try my best to allow the thoughts that come to go away. And um, yeah, that's been pretty cool process uh, to even notice how it has changed and how my my thought patterns have changed even in seven days, you know, of doing it for 20 minutes a day. Um, I, I end with, you know, kind of three, you know, my hands up together and then hands out just, just as I've mentioned before. And then I breathe in Yahweh, Christos and Ruah, like, you know, uh, father, son, Holy Spirit type things and then and then a new practice that I, I gained from my therapy sessions is that I'll just kind of put my hands up in front of me, palms up, um, and then consider the things that are that are my life, that the things that are weighing me down, the joys that I have, the whatever, the busyness, the whatever, whatever it is, like all the things that are going on that day or in, in, in my mind. And then I push them up in a, in a, in a sign of surrender and just hold them up there still with my eyes closed. And then when I open my eyes, like opening my eyes after having them closed and then just the brightness of the river, the shimmers, the, Oh my God, it's just, it's just really something. Now, typically what happens after 20 minutes of me sitting on a rock cross leg like that is that one of my feet will be you know, asleep and tingling. And so I then take my bare feet and put them into the river, which has been pretty cold. And of course, at the beginning, I'm worried about what snake is going to bite my toe off or anything like that. But increasingly, I realize that that's probably not a thing that's going to happen. And I let my feet feel the cold. And then after they dry, I put my burks back on and walk back out in a different way. It's just, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Some of the things that have appeared, I, I will say that like as I go on day after day, I don't remember as much about the things that the, the thoughts that came into my mind that drifted away. And I think that's probably good. I think that's probably I don't want to say progress because there isn't a goal here. There isn't an aim. It's not a contest. Um, but I, I have you know, some uh, broader themes that kind of come out of it is, is thinking about building things that will last because impermanence is a real thing. Like, I mean, I know that even now cells are dying and then new ones are being born in my body. I know that like the cycle of death and life is a real thing. Even in me now, Africa is splitting apart. I mean, even continents don't last forever even if you think about 10 million years it's still impermanent and so there are these things that are going to fade away and i am one of them and yet i do believe that there are things that will last and so what is it that we can build that will last that will go beyond 
um, things like hope and peace and goodness, you know, the things that we do, the good thoughts that we have for other people, even when we don't express them, I believe that those are building blocks and things that will last. I mean, it's the ripples in the bucket of life. I've thought about the people that have that have come across my path and that have gone away, you know, and maybe I pushed them away. Maybe not. However, it worked out. It doesn't really matter. But the people that I that I lost sight of their humanity, that it that it became wrapped up in this in this thing, and that I didn't remember that, you know, they're suffering. They have their own stuff too. Um, I I think about apologizing to them, and I, I've thought about actually physically going to do it, and maybe I will one day. But even the thought process of just releasing whatever hold that was, you know, has been really good. I, I talked about Jesus Christ Superstar and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to going. There, there's a song that that really, I think, begins in Act 2 where the, the, the disciples are singing. It's like right before the Last Supper and the thing. And, and the words were, always thought that I'd be an apostle, knew that I could make it if I tried. Then when we retire, we can write the Gospels so they'll all talk about us when we died. And I never, that never really hit me, you know, quite like it did on my drive to Boone a couple weeks ago. And I begin to think about my dad, you know, like my dad's one of the smartest people that I know. And yet his humility is, it's, it's legendary. If you can say that, like people know that about him. He's so unassuming. He treats every single person just about the same way. Doesn't matter if you're top or bottom or middle or whatever. Because that's it. Like what, what the song is saying is like, oh yes, we will we will write the gospels and everyone will remember us and, and that's what we see as as lasting, you know, fame and fortune and power and notoriety or whatever. But those things are impermanent. But it's treating other people good, you know, it's treating other people with respect and with goodness, treating them well, loving other people, considering them better than yourselves. It's those kinds of things. This is nothing new. I know I'm just quoting scripture here. That's the upside down message of the gospels, right? And, and, and the Buddha, you know, many world religions, that's what it's about. It's not about what we think is lasting. It's, it's the shame. It's the, uh, what is it? The, the scandal even, that death is life, that surrender is freedom. Yeah. I, I heard these people singing the other day. Again, I don't mean to lay this out here on this format. It, it's better to be talked about, but there was a song. We like to watch the gospel song channel sometimes, and it's funny, you know, local access type stuff. And there was a, a gospel group singing, you know, if Jesus would have come as he would have deserved, He'd have been in glory and royal and king. I'm like, I just think that continues to miss the point. You know, it is the humility that is the Christ anyway. Look, I, I know there's suffering. I mean, my God, I, I skipped over things like Dadeville and things like, you know, uh, the, the, the olive palms and averaging a mass shooting a week, you know, here in 2023. I skipped over that in the first part of DT Madness episode 56. It's it's written on my list, but I skipped over because I 
I don't want to bring it up, you know. There's so many different angles and so many different atrocities and just so much suffering, so much. I know that it is. But through all that, I'm, I'm trying to choose to see the good, not as a hopeful pipe dream, but because that's what's really real, because that is what's built to last. Anyway, I, I've thought about, you know, the flow of thoughts as I meditate and and even kind of get this sense, and this might sound weird to you, but like as I sit on the rock, I face the river and um, the, the, the river is going, it's flowing from my right to left. And so, but the breeze the other day was coming from my left to right. And so it almost felt like as I was sitting there after a few minutes that, that, that me, you know, that, that the, I don't know the essence of me, but I just was visualizing me like being blown up river and then slowly drifting back down as though I was watching me slowly drift back down. And that's kind of how I consider my thoughts as, as I, as, I, as they come into um, my mind, I let them flow down the river gently away. You know, some of these thoughts jump right out, like they're right there from the beginning. And a lot of them are based on sensations. And there are a lot of sensations down at the river. It's a real thing. You know, the sun is hot on my skin. The rock is hard on my rear and on my feet. And, you know, the, the, the breeze is blowing and the, the water is jumping up on my feet and all the different kinds of sounds and all that stuff is real. And my posture is not great. And so when I try to make good posture, my back muscles tense up in ways and whatever, you know, like all that kind of stuff is real. Some of these thoughts that flow into my mind are like really loud and just up in my face and kind of knock me back. And I let them go. Some are just whispers and, and more difficult to detect. Increasingly, the thoughts are subtle. And I'm interested to talk about that aspect with my therapist at Lotus on Monday. Like, what does that subtlety mean? Are they, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll report back. Sometimes I lose my anchor for a bit. Like I said, my anchor is, is when I try to draw back to just focusing on my breath. But I'm learning not to battle. It's not a contest. You know, I'm not angry at these thoughts. But I do try to return to my anchor. And sometimes I realize that my thoughts are, are parading. They're so well connected. They, they take off like a train. I try to give that half smile when I finally recognize the train and let them float on down the river and then return. I realize too that I think in images a lot more than I realized. I imagine scenarios and play them out with different options and outcomes. And I see the benefit of this in terms of being a mayor or a teacher, you know, like for planning and, but I also recognize that this, you know, that isn't this life. I think planning and preparation are real things. Another aspect I look forward to discussing on Monday at my counseling session. But when I get swept away in that current of thought, then I'm not living this life, this life. I'm not living in this world, I know. Dave says, could I have been anyone other than me? And those games are fun to play sometimes, but more and more, I want to live this life, live in this world, the world I know. In this life, I am recovering from trauma and a lifetime of keeping it locked away and recovering from addictions. And in this world, my body is aging and changing and I have minor ailments that I can turn into major worries and I attempt to lock those away too. 
in this world, I have friends and family and colleagues that I know would do just about anything they could to help me out. And I have amazing kids who are on their journeys through teenage land and all the highs and lows and in-betweens that that comes with. And an amazing wife who is going through her own changes and sufferings and joys. And I watch TV and I'm too uh, connected to my handheld computer phone. And I love music and good smells and orange and ginger lotion. I'm at peace at the river and on the couch watching Ted Lasso. This life, this world, today, where there are doctor's visits and disappointments and pressures to feel and books to read and toilets to clean. This isn't new. Jesus told us in Matthew not to worry about tomorrow, that nothing could be done about it. Worrying isn't it. It's not going to do anything. All that it does is create an imaginary world that causes me to draw inward and not experience new things like orange and cranberry scones or realizing my natural gift as an artist. Smirk. This life. We exist. We exist. We are here in the muck and the majesty with each other. Breathing. And in that, the secrets of the kingdom are conferred. This has been a Church of Six production brought to you by the Bucket of Life, by the Token of Hope, by the Foundation Tower of Stone, by the Wall of Belief, and by the Magic Rock Times Two. Nothing divine is desperate. Don't forget to believe, y'all. And be live, be live in this life, in this world. Peace, my friends.